This is Bumping Into, where we have interesting conversations with people from all walks of life. Welcome to the Bumping Into podcast. My name is Francis Populin, and if you're listening to this episode, my guess is that you have an interest in the mystical, the spiritual, and the afterlife. My guests on this episode are Anne and Renata, the stars behind the True Haunting podcast and the ghost hunters of Frightfully Good. True to the Bumping Into way, there is no set format, no set demographic, but there will be interesting conversations across many different topics with many different people and many different stories, and this is just another one of those. And I'm sure that you're going to enjoy this one if you are interested in the paranormal and supernatural. Here is my conversation with Anne and Renata. Hi, I'm Anne. That's Renata. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time because I see how oh. busy you ladies are. Yeah, we're a bit insane. Yeah, you're in high demand. Everyone wants a piece. <laughs> take me, take me. <laughs> it's No, it's not like that at all. It's all an illusion. It's fine. Smoke and mirrors. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're just booking ourselves out for things to make yeah. people think that we're really busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you everybody just keep wants doing it, it, yeah, then they yeah, eventually yeah. think that you must be good. So absolutely, yeah, I think that's called absolutely. Instagram, isn't it? Well, that's what well, everyone's <laughs> doing. No, that's TikTok. That's TikTok. Oh, that one as well. Right, right. Um, so I wanted to ask you because I, I've got, I'm fascinated by your field. Mm-hmm. So what you, what you ladies do, it's always interests me. Um, so, and I thought I'll come up with a bunch of questions that I would always want to know more about, um, rather than just whenever you go on a ghost tour, it's quite <coughs> just on the surface. Mm-hmm. So I see before we do that, I always like an origin story. So how did this all start for you two? Mm, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> she started as a twinkle in a father's eye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit different, but similar for both of us. Um, from my point of view, it was a, something that I've kind of have carried with me ever since I was small. So I used to have really bad nightmares, um, in, as, as a, a small child, I used to see people, um, dark shadows used to terrify me and, um, couldn't sleep at night. Um, strange stories that I would tell my parents. Uh, we were brought up in a very Catholic family, so you really didn't talk too much about oh, yeah. uh, ghosts and spirits and things. Plus, my parents came through the war, so uh, their lives were filled with horror. Uh, there's no need to tell them anything else. Yeah. I couldn't impress them with my stories because they'd, <laughs> they'd seen that in real life. And um, it was just a fascination that I had continuously. I, there was something that that dogged me until I reached out for it and decided to bring it into my life. And I did so by going to the spiritual side of things and looking at um, tarot card reading and um, exploring my own psychic senses. So that's kind of where I started um, mid-teens and really just kept going and going. Um, and it was something that didn't leave me. I tried to find groups of, of like-minded people, interested people, um, went through a succession of little um, uh, shops, psychic shops, new age shops that I would either work at or uh, part own um, and sort of developed the ghost tour side of things as a 
an adding or an addition to uh, the work that I was doing in the local area to make money, literally. No one was doing ghost tours at that stage about 12 years ago here in Newcastle. Um, so I thought I'd better jump on it and do it um, before someone else decided that they would do it. And um, it, started, it kind of snowballed from there because it is absolutely fascinated me. Yeah. My turn? Your turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I had experiences when I was very little as well, but I didn't see dead people like she did and I used to terrify her. I used to see little creatures and things underneath the bed in my grandparents' house and they lived at a place called Stockton, which was um, very much Aboriginal land. And uh, I used to see this little thing that I used to call the hook and naughty that used to make the bed move and I'd be screaming bloody murder. And um, yeah, it was very terrifying and that it would shoot out through the window before they came into the room to see what I was screaming about. Now, whether it was the imagination of a three-year-old or it was a real thing, I don't know. But uh, it sort of led to me having a fascination all my life of weird, strange things. And uh, I know when I got into high school and uh, I would look for ghost stories to read, I'd go to the library and find every book I could. And when all the kids at school, because I went to an all girls, girls school, girls, girls school, school. <laughs> <laughs> all girls school, um, yeah, Catholic as well. I think we were drawn together through that trauma. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you went to a girls' school too, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah, oh. double trauma. <laughs> girls are bitches. I don't know if you know about oh. that. Anyway, um, yeah, they'd be under the stairs doing seance sessions and they'd be making up Ouija boards and uh, doing the light as a feather, stiff as a board. And I'd be going, hang on, guys, what if we can actually open up a portal and we let something in? We don't know what we're capable of. What if one of us is a medium? And they'd be all laughing at me. And I just seemed to have this really... Um, a different understanding to all of this and respect to what a lot of people had. Um, so for me, then it sort of, I, I grew up with that in my background and then continued on and discovered ghost hunting TV shows. And I went, Oh, they're using gadgets. I like the idea of using yeah. gadgets. Uh, I did do some training in psychic and mediumship. I didn't think I was particularly good at it. I had a few hits, but not like this one. Uh, but the, I like the idea of the external, the gadgets and gizmos that would say there is a ghost there rather than me putting myself on the line and saying there's a ghost there and being laughed at. Yeah. So um, I think that's how I ended up in the field of ghost technology. Because that's my, my next question I was actually going to quiz you on because you, you own a shop that sells a lot of that stuff. Yes, I have an online paranormal equipment store called Oz Paratech ozparatech.com uh, <laughs> plug plug uh yeah so all the technology that you see on the ghost hunting tv shows or most of it uh, i do sell on the 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 store and so you've got emf detectors and you've got cameras that will see in night vision and lights that will illuminate the dark without there being light and uh boxes that will talk and all sorts of weird and wonderful things uh yeah. yeah so i sell all of those and if someone wanted to buy their first piece what's the first thing that you'd go in and you just want to dabble in this industry what would be the one thing you could buy and say i'm just going to take it home and see what happens as a starting point i would say paper and pen <laughs> i know isn't that weird <laughs> yeah i'm like i own all the technology but i say 
start off with the basics before you even hit the technology, understand what it is looking for, sit in the environment and listen to it, write down what you feel, what you smell, what you sense, and then go and see if you can uh, find some sort of corresponding evidence to validate what you are picking up on. Uh, for technology, um, you can actually start off just using your mobile phone and take photos on that, but you've just got to be careful with flash and cases on there because that can give you false photos and things. But um, I always like a digital recorder to start off with because you can actually use a digital recorder to record what you are feeling, sensing, hearing, instead of writing it down with pen and paper. But you've also got the opportunity to catch what they call EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. And that's voices you don't hear at the time, but will show up on voice recorders. That always has fascinated me. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I would probably start with that one. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's interesting spot to start. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, the other question I have is, so obviously, Renata, you do the ghost tours. Is that is that what you run mainly is the ghost tours? Yes, yes. So what do you think? keeps a spirit in that location like it, us it... <laughs> well us as people turning up yeah absolutely yeah. really absolutely yes yes so if, so they're not because i've always if, thought is it are they not wanting people turning up and tinkering is it a infringement on their privacy or their i don't know that becomes a uh, very um Difficult question to answer because uh, as as much as every person that is living with a heartbeat is complicated, so are the spirits that we encounter. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different scenario or background or their why as to why that connection is being made in that space uh, and a story is coming through. So 10 people can come into a spot, um, but maybe only one person of those 10 people will have ever have an encounter with a, a spiritual entity on that spot. Oh, um, right. It doesn't mean that every person is going to have, um, have some sort of a spiritual connection that happens. Uh, and each and every time that one person has an encounter, it might be very, very different to the next one person in the next 10 people that has an encounter. So one person might hear something, the next person might see something, the following person might feel something. Um, and so it goes on and on. So this becomes really complex. And this is why yeah. science has difficulty in trying to put every anything into a box and say, this is, this is how it is, because... We don't have a key to how this consciousness stuff works and how our connection to spirit happens. Everyone might have a theory depending on how they they see it in their world, but and that is and that bias. is that is their worldview. It's not everyone's yeah. worldview, uh, and so we have different encounters at different times. Sometimes we have absolutely no encounters. Some people couldn't give a rats about having an encounter. Um, some people have them even if they don't want them, and that you have this whole complex thing, which is like wow. How do we get a grip on this? How do we even start to bring all of this together to make sense? Yeah. And then to add to all of the confusion, sometimes we create 
the spirits that mm. are at the location. I'm uh, actually, we're in the process of researching our next True Hauntings podcast, and it's a very famous haunting. And um, the more we read about it, the more we think this this isn't a um, a spirit attached to the house. It's people who are turning up because of a story and asking for that entity to come forward, trying to talk to it, and therefore they're layering into that location the thought or a thought form of that entity. Entity They build the energy and create it. Wow. And, so, of course, it grows. It grows like a fish, yeah. you know, the fish that gets caught by Uncle Arthur down at the lake. Yeah. Um, that was 10 oh. centimetres long, but now it becomes <laughs> yeah. one metre long. And now if you don't find that spirit, you're not a good ghost you're, investigator. Yeah, you're not a good ghost. You're, you're, you're not right. woke. <laughs> See, I, I met a lady years ago. Um, I was doing a, a job down in Ballina, and, um, and I just struck up a conversation with a lady that was working in this shop. And she was talking about there used to be a port or, or docks. There was something down in Ballina 100 odd years ago. Mm-hmm. And she said to me how um, she said, oh, the, the old docks, they have their own spirit. She said, some nights you'll hear the bells ringing and there hasn't been bells down there for 100 years. Mm. And I said, yeah. oh, that's, that's amazing because that, that, that's not uh, so much as a, a person that has an attachment. That's obviously something that's happened that's been so strong and so Mm. defining of that area that it's it's now become something yeah absolutely you know, oh, i what, didn't think that could happen the people uh, call that residual hauntings mm-hmm. it's where something happened over and over in that location and it gets imprinted into the location almost like taking a video of it and then under certain conditions that video is triggered and it replays uh if you if you think of the old tapes you put in video recorders, that is a man-made substance that can imprint sound and video pictures. So uh, the thought is, is that there are natural environment situations that can capture those images and sounds and then release them at certain times. So there's no intelligence there whatsoever. It's just the replay of an incident or sound. Jeez, that's, um, that's, that's incredible that that can that can be a real thing because it's um it's i suppose history's stamp isn't it yeah. Mm, yeah yeah absolutely and you know another comment that struck with me and it's from a non non believer you know i think is it david mitchell he's the english comedian that's on would i lie to you he he made a comment about they were talking about something on the show about ghosts and he said he he said oh, how can that be true if there was really ghosts the the main streets through london would be you'd be bumping into them left right and center because the place is you know thousands of years old yeah and i sort of thought well either they are there but they're not intrusive on anyone but that's an interesting take on how he validates his disbelief mhm yeah yeah which obviously you must come across a lot yeah all yeah, the time. And, and um, it's not our job to try and convince people. Um, no. We can offer them an explanation to how we could see what is happening around them, but it, we can hand it over to them and say, well, it's up to you. You work it out your way. A lot of it has to do with um, their their own spiritual upbringing as well and any religious bias that might be, yeah, you know, within, yeah, within the family. Um, any trauma associated yeah. to their upbringing as well, because they can then become very anti a certain thing if something traumatic has happened to mm. them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, is there anywhere that is a sure place? If you took a non-believer in Australia, you would have turned up and be like, <clears throat> if I take you here, 
it's a guaranteed that we're going to scare you and turn you into a believer. No, no, no. no. So it's, it's no. just what, what happens on the day is different anywhere. There's no mm-hmm. one spot. Yeah. 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 They, they, it's a random event. It's not something that can be predicted or, um, you know, timetabled in. If it, if it could be, we'd be able to study this so much better. Yeah. Uh, so they call them a, a random event and uh, that's why it's so difficult to study in the laboratory. Yeah, yeah, and people people will tell you, and especially over in England um, and America, the every, everywhere is the most haunted, the most haunted house, the most haunted site, the most haunted yeah. this and the most haunted that. We've been to a lot of the most haunted oh, places, and there's been nothing, <laughs> nada. <laughs> There's been a lot of things that they thought were ghosts. And they're going, oh my god, the demons here. We go, yeah, no. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that that doesn't take away from our enjoyment of going and yeah. being in these places because some of these places are hundreds of years old. Yeah. We've we've been to places that are a thousand years old. Like the ancient Ram Inn, that's that's almost a thousand years yeah, old. Yeah, a thousand wow. years old of history on one spot. Yeah, and incredible. the tales, the tales they tell are super fantastic. Yeah. And that's part of the joy of going to these places. Hey, yeah. The cat balls did flash on demand. It was very cool. <laughs> you do. But you have to have this more of an open open mind that you know what you are doing is just trying to uh see a ghost uh because that's kind of virtually not going to happen it's like they want entertainment yeah yeah you have to have all these other things that are going on for you as you're doing this because that's where the enjoyment lies yeah and what about the risks so i've the only ghost tour i've ever done is the melbourne jail the old melbourne jail Mm -hmm which that's, that's, that's not scary really at all. Um, that's more of an interesting, a history is really, you know, that's, I suppose, the most interesting part of it. Um, unless it's obviously you're in the pitch black, like when they do take you up to one of the cells and the group is so big that, and I went by myself and I was on the back end of the group. I'm the sort of person that will let everyone else go in first or if no one's going in, I'll go in, but I, I've sort of mm-hmm. either first or the last. They all shuffled into one of the old cells, which was at the pitch black end, and I couldn't fit. So I was standing in the corridor on my own in the pitch black. So that yeah. that was probably the only time, but that's obviously the nervousness, I guess, of being in pitch black in a strange place. Mm-hmm. But I have wanted to do the the cemetery tour that they run here in the Southport Cemetery. Um, but one thing that's always in the back of my mind is, is, is there any risk? Is there like something attaching itself to you that you then carry a, a, a bad spirit or is that a thing? Yeah, your life will be changed forever. And we'll you, charge you $500 yeah. to take it away. <laughs> you will, you will no. disappear in a pile of ash no, in all and go directly no, to Renata, hell. Renata, in all oh, look, I'm telling a good this story is, here. Okay, don't interrupt me. The amount of people we've had to help with this issue um, they've been told by psychics and mediums they have an attachment or some negative energy and they then spend the rest of their life thinking every bad thing that happens to it's them because is because of, of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's bulldust. It's a yeah. furphy. It's, it's not there. In saying that, I think sometimes you might take something back with you, but it comes down to permissions. You, When I enter an environment that is allegedly haunted and I want to communicate, 
I invite them in and say, I would like to talk to you this evening. You don't have permission to harm me, but I would really love just to talk to you and find out your story. Uh, and I give you permission to interact with me. And then at the end of the evening, I'll say, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the interaction. Even if there hasn't been a thing, I still say thank you because you don't know what they may have been trying to do. Um, and then I say, I remove all my permissions now. You do not have permission to follow me home. Uh, and I now end this session. And it's we find it's a very permission-based thing. Mm. And it's very rare that something will follow you home after that. But I love Renata's take on this. What do I say? <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I remember. Um, I, I was kind of, uh, I, I, I kind of think someone's got to be really interesting to have a spirit want to follow them home. It's like, you know, what makes you so interesting yeah. <laughs> that, that a spirit is going to follow you? Uh, you know, do you live in a million dollar mansion? Do you, you know, do you uh, entertain very famous people? What is it that you do that would make you so attractive to a spirit? Uh, there is a dark side to that. And of course, if there is someone who sort of dabbles on the dark side of things and um, is um, a raging alcoholic or a drug taker, um, then there could be that openness to connecting to a lot of negativity that is all around us all the time um, and you know we can be a little bit like a sponge at times and we can soak it in so that it just adds to the angst and to the stress that we already have built up within ourselves so it's actually a daily process for all of us to keep ourselves grounded um, and forever moving forward rather than stagnating and allowing ourselves to, you know, really be, um, you know, take up those energies that will take us in the wrong direction. Um, and that goes for the living and, and those that have passed over. Okay. Because it, I suppose every, every so often the big thing pops up about it being disrespectful to go through the cemeteries and do tours. Yeah. And that's the opinions of the living. No yeah. one's actually got that validated from those that are the residents. No. Um, but do you think that they would, I mean, I would think that if someone's showing interest a hundred years later, I mean, I, when I went down to Melbourne one time, I purposely went to one of the cemeteries that had a lot of the, the founders and the original architects. And, mm -hmm. you know, from a history perspective, it was interesting to see. And so I sort of think, well, there's nothing there that would validate them thinking that's disrespectful. Mm. I think I, the problem is with the living more yes. than the dead. Uh, you've, you've got to remember that cemeteries are uh, places that have been highly blessed over and over again. Every time a, a body is buried there, uh, a, a priest or a pastor will go in and bless that particular plot of land so that the dead can find peace and be at peace. So from the living perspective, what we do going into cemeteries is believed to be making those spirits Unrest. unrested yeah. because we're trying oh. to bring them back by having a conversation with them. Right. And that, that's what kind of the, the bear bug about that is, you know, oh. they're supposed to be laying in peace there. Why are you going there yeah, and disrupting, disrupting the them? peace? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but um, there's also there's loved ones there. Then hmm. There's people who are still alive and grieving and they don't like the idea of a strangers going in there and trying to raise their loved ones to come and talk to them and they think they're tormenting them. Yeah, absolutely. And really there's sometimes that paranormal investigators, not paranormal investigators, it would be ghost hunters go in and they're, 
their behavior is disrespectful oh, in God. the environment that mm. they're in. Yeah. And okay. that would be like if you go to somebody's home or a restaurant, you don't act in a disrespectful way. No. So you're not running around the place screaming and yelling and saying, come on, demons, come out and show us what you've got. Yeah. Um, that's just disrespectful. You're on mm. your best behavior. You're normally reserved, shy, yeah. timid. You're, you're looking mm. for the environment to give you the indicators rather than you giving mm. it to them. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there are a few tours that we do where we have permission to actually go onto yeah. a cemetery site. And it sort of is the finish or completion of the tour. And what we actually do is uh, we bring flowers and we say to everyone that is on our tour, take a flower and be guided to a headstone. Um, yeah, that's really nice. Find, find where some someone is calling you and have a look at who is there. Have a look and read out the names out aloud and say, hello, how are you? You've probably hadn't had a, a passerby for a really long time, but I'm going to remember you right now and I'm going to give you this flower. Yeah, and that, that, that can sometimes open up a conversation um, and allow them to hear or feel things. Yeah. Um, and that's not asking the spirit to do anything. It's, it's, Opening that door that says, I'm remembering you, um, you, you. you were important to a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Um, and if you so wish to be here at this moment in time, I'm, I'm offering that space to you. But we're yeah. weird. We do weird things. <laughs> well, I think that sounds really nice myself, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do you know of anywhere on the Gold Coast that has any paranormal activity? Um. We'd love to know. Uh, we have been to. Um, we went to Kabulcha. Kabulcha, yeah. Mm, that's Sunshine um, Coast. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're not very familiar. Uh, <laughs> so, what what area are you in? So, our south of Brisbane, Gold Coast. Oh, the Gold Coast. Gold uh, Coast what was yeah. that tunnel we went to? The Ernest Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Ernest Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Oh, you went we there. Okay. Yeah, we, yes. we, we did yeah. a documentary um, show with Isaac Butterfield, the comedian. So there's a whole episode on us. Uh, the Ernest investing. Tunnel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we actually cool. got some um, cool EVPs there too. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, so there is activity there. I mean, it's that's yeah. interesting because yeah. it's, it's probably the one of the only spots we have that has a little bit of history on the Gold Coast that isn't brand yeah. new, rendered and highly polished. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the last thing I want to ask you before Zoom cuts us off. Do you know of the song that's a John English song called She Was Real? It's a very, very famous ghost song. Oh, no. no. Wow. Okay. So you'll have to, I've tried to research it. I tried to get in touch with um, the people that run his Facebook page. It's a very famous song. Um, if, you, if you type in John English, She Was Real, it, heaps will come up. But okay, it's a true story set in England, I think in the 70s, but I'm not sure. Um, the lyrics are, are really lay out the story so well. And John English mm-hmm. tells the story before he does the song. Um, and basically it's about uh, a guy on a motorbike that was riding through the hills coming home. And he, he sees a girl on the side of the road, mm-hmm. pulls over and he says, are you okay? And she says, I've lost my way. He says, well, jump on, I'll take you home. And so he says, half an hour later, they were talking. He turned around, she was gone. Mm-hmm. And so he went to the police and he said to the police, this girl's fallen off my bike. There was a full search that got launched. It went on and on and on. And then they, he said, I, I want to go and tell this lady's family what happened. 
So they turn up to the lady's family. The mum was there. And in the song, he gives a description that the mum looks like the daughter. And he says, I'm really sorry. I have to tell you that there's been an accident with your daughter, um, that she fell off my bike. And the mum says, how could you tease an old woman? My daughter died 15 years ago at the roundabout wow. where you said you saw her. Yeah, wow. And um, wow. And that's when he that kind of jumps into him saying, but she was real. She was real. He ended up in court being charged for being a nuisance or whatever it was. And he yeah. defended it to the court saying this really happened. And he says, how would I yeah. have known where you live? How would I have known this? How would I have known that? And at the end it says, well, I better get back to that roundabout and wait for her. And that's how the song ends. And wow, that would be so interesting to find out more about where it happened. Yeah, yeah. But, absolutely. Um, I, I have to do a seance session and ask John. <laughs> well, he's died yeah. now too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got, we've got nothing. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah. I was hoping that, um, that one, because it's such a big, for a John English fan, it's a, it's a big song. Um, yeah. But, and I, I asked and asked and no one really had any more layers into that story. Mm. But um, if that story is to, true, that's amazing. I, I was supposed to play his wife in a, a musical here in Newcastle, but uh, I, they changed the dates and I couldn't do it anymore. So I could have, I, I could have had a link with him. We could have got on the sales board and say, John, remember me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that story, it's fascinated me because if it's true, that's so detailed and it's, it's not just a sighting or a, or a felt someone touch me. That's, that's a massive thing to, for this guy to have gone through. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens all the time. These, these sorts of stories are recorded continuously and they have been recorded, you know, for a long, long time. It's not just a one-off people in most cases are saying the truth and they are having these experiences. So it sort of really lets us believe that there is so much more that we kind of really don't understand and we're sort of just just picking at the surface. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, from the type of work that we do, it just keeps on becoming more and more intriguing for us as we go deeper down down this rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, you'll have to let me know if you ever plan a tour, but maybe Brisbane. Yeah, absolutely. If you plan on, because I did listen to the podcast you did about Boggo Road Jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. So, mm, yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to, after hearing that, I'm curious to go up and have a look because I've never been through the Boggo Road Jail. Yeah. yeah. Look out for tripod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you ladies go. You've got plenty to do tonight. Yeah, we've I'd... got our show. <laughs> we've got two shows tonight. So, we're, we're, we're cracking shows. it out. Wow. Well, we've, we've got one for our um, Patreons and we do one for our general public. 8.30 on a Thursday night is when it all happens. Jeez. That's really cool. I'm, I'm stoked that you made such a success out of what you love. You know, it's rather than being in a soul-destroying job nine to five. Yes, oh, well, we've, <laughs> we've broken all the rules. Number one, we're female. Number two, we're older than 30. Uh, and number four, we've, yeah, we've, we've decided to go into the paranormal field. There you go. It's yeah. a trifecta. But we do wear yeah. black T-shirts. <laughs> well, it seems to be working. You're having success. People love you. So Yeah, we love it. We love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Well, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed speaking to you and hopefully oh, thank you, um, you. you're up here in the near future for one of your tours. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you again. I'll speak to you soon. Thank right, you. Thanks, okay. Bye, Francis. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. They tell me I need you to leave a five-star review. Otherwise, the show just doesn't appear on other people's feeds. 
While I would love for you to do that, what I am going to ask you to do is if you know anyone that you think would enjoy the show, please do share it or tell them about it. You can also find past episodes and more information on bumpingintocomau Thanks again, and I'll catch up with you on the next one.